0: Hey everyone, my name is Brendan Patrick, that's Sophie Green, and you're listening to the Super Lip Podcast. She's yawning intro music. A big yawn, Jesus Christ. I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> I yawned once and now my eyes are watering. So Your I eyes falling are... apart.
0: I don't think so.
1: And goodbye.
0: <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> the Super Lip Podcast is a bi weekly podcast pertaining to books about the LGBTQIA community. Hello, Sophie. Hi. You know, it's funny. Um, I could not hear you saying hi on the computer, but I could hear you saying it through the floor. There's the ceiling. I should say.
1: Oh God. Is my audio being picked up?
0: No, it is. (laughs) It it just, for that minute, it was just like,
1: that's what I sound Like, yeah, just
0: animal crossing characters. Yeah. Um, Sophie, what book are we talking about this week?
1: Um, This week we're talking about "Making Love with the Land" by Joshua Whitehead.
0: Tell me about it.
1: Uh, yeah, you know,
0: (laughs) I do. I did. I did. I did read it. Okay. Oh, Sophie's gonna read the book sleeve. Everyone, I'm
1: reading the book sleeve. I know Sophie
0: is reading. Boots the house down.
1: Audio (laughs) effects. Okay. Um, the novel Johnny Appleseed established Joshua Whitehead as one of the most exciting and important new literary voices on Turtle Island, winning both a Lambda Literary Award and Canada Reads 2021. In Making Love with the Land, his first nonfiction book, Whitehead explores the relationships between body, language, and land through creative, essay, memoir, and confession. In prose that is unabashedly queer and visceral, evocative, and sensual, raw, and...
0: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I saw you almost got it you can't say raw like that (laughs) I'm leaving this in oh
1: no you can't say raw like that Uh, in prose that is unabashedly queer and visceral evocative and sensual raw and autobiographical whitehead writes of an indigenous body coping with trauma deeply rooted within he reaches across anguish to create a new form of storytelling which he calls bio story beyond genre and entirely sovereign Though his narrative perspective, Making Love of the Land recasts mental health struggles and complex emotional landscapes from nefarious parasites on his and our well being to kin, no matter what difficulties they present us. Whitehead ruminates on loss and pain without shame or ridicule, instead, highlighting the experience as waypoints for personal transformation. Written in the aftermath of heartbreak before and during the pandemic, Making Love of the Land illuminates this present moment in which both indigenous and non-indigenous people are rediscovering old ways and creating new ways to connect and to show responsibility toward each other and the land. Intellectually audacious and emotionally compelling Whitehead shares his devotion to the world and which we live and brilliantly, even joyfully maps his experience on the land that has shaped stories, histories, and bodies from time immemorial, immemorial, immemorial. What's the last word? Immemorial. <laughs> Yeah. I read those um, words.
0: You you read those words.
1: Memorial. Immemorial.
0: Mm. So mm-hmm. I decided to start reading this at work.
1: Uh-huh.
0: No. <laughs> not a book I should read at work.
1: <laughs> Why not?
0: Um, so for me, I I I think my reading level is lower than yours. <laughs> That's not true, it's not um no, I think because this is the first book that I've read since um the last book, which is um i, I forget what it's called I will I will find you again um mm-hmm. and that was like straightforward storytelling, if you will um this is to me it felt like um storytelling that does like this it like goes in a like upward spiral, if you will. So uh-huh. it like circles around something as it gets to the point for it in a uh-huh. way that it like it keeps going. It's like a never-ending th- thread. And I know that's uh-huh. what storytelling is. Um, <laughs> but like it it felt like one endless like ribbon, if you will. Yeah. And I was slowly climbing it. Um, and <laughs> I think because with books like this, this always happens to me. With books like this that aren't um let's say like a a, a made-up story if you will um uh-huh. with something that is more autobiographical um uh-huh. because i know it's actively happening to a person uh-huh. it's real it's harder for me to read <laughs> especially if it's like something difficult does that make never
1: sense? read never read a non book i don't never know. Read a book once. <laughs> i only want to read about
0: fantasies <laughs> yeah um actually yes correct <laughs> no um I think some of the chapters were just difficult for me to read at work.
1: Um, no, that's understandable. I mean, it has like a lot of really intense imagery and mm-hmm. also like he pretty much is unabashedly talking about trauma throughout the entire thing. Yes. Um, But like in an extremely beautiful and eloquent way.
0: <laughs> yes. It's like very, it's, I feel like when people say like, oh, it's very like, um, it's, I don't want to say flowery, but it, it, like, I feel like that's like the worst way to describe the way it's written. But,
1: um, no, I don't think it's the worst way to describe it, the
0: way it's written. I feel like sometimes when people use that phrase, it's like, it's really, it, yeah, it's like not serious, if you will. Well, um, yeah,
1: I think people usually use it in like a,
0: derogatory way.
1: Derogatory way when they're talking about writing they're usually yeah. like, "Well, it's too flowery." I mean, actually, it I got like
0: complimentary.
1: I feel like I got that critique in when I was writing like my, my sometimes my papers in like English class, my teacher mm. would be like, "Just get to the point." And I'm like, "No, but like I'm setting the story." And he's like, yeah, "It's an no. essay about
0: Exactly. The death
1: of a salesman, just get to the point." And I'm like, "But like the vibes."
0: But also I have a pay a page limit that I have to hit, so I absolutely will string this shit along.
1: Oh no, I just make it like capital and then like make the spaces bigger and
0: <laughs> Just kidding Is this... uh, it's like that spongebob paper. no, um I so uh, for me, the thing that I think resonated. The most for this book is it it felt like they were conversations about grief. You know how much I love to talk about grief in a book.
1: I know. It's like, if you really love to talk about grief or like body dysmorphia, eating disorders, or just like self worth and how hard that is to experience, as like any queer person, I think you'll Mm -hmm. really love this book and it'll be easy for you to read.
0: It feels like very (laughs) much like you're reading something and you look in a mirror and the mirror is going, eh? And? Yeah,
1: no, I have, like, I this, the copy that I have is, I have so many pages bookmarked, I have mm-hmm. so, I, like, there's, like, a whole, there was, like, one point where I was, like, underlining something, mm-hmm. and then, like, as I was reading the paragraph, I kept, like, underlining it, and I'm, like, I think I'm just highlighting the whole paragraph. I think I should just circle this <laughs> I think whole I'm just page, going, actually. circle the book. <laughs> circle the book, actually, yeah.
0: Um, The one thing, so, speaking of the grief that we were talking about, there's a part where, um, he brings up like is pain possession, mm-hmm. um, and for me, I wrote this down because I I would not be able to like have this like eloquent of a thought again. Made me really think that yeah. maybe grief is the price of missing the possibilities of more time with a person. That maybe grief is the possession of good memories. Mm-hmm. So in the book, they talk about like losing family members, whether that's through like natural causes or otherwise. And during that time, like there, he was also talking about, um, like what, like if pain is possession. So if like you're experiencing pain, are you possessed by it? And it made me think about how grief also, I feel like operates in that way. Um, because it's, it's something that like your body kind of grows around. It's not something that like it gets smaller, you kind of grow around it, um, and someone somewhere has said that phrase much more eloquently than I, but it made me mm. think that maybe pain and grief operate in the same way, but grief is kind of the price of having like good memories with someone when they're no longer there is the the price you pay for the good memories that you have. Right. It made me think like those two were very interchangeable, um, okay. which again is the reason why for me, I should not have read this in public.
1: <sighs> yeah.
0: Um, because I kept, like, people kept coming up to me to ask me questions, and I'm like, I really want to tell you where the jeans are folded in the back room, but I have headphones in, and I have to look like I'm crying. Like, you have yeah. to know that I'm not doing well. I'm fighting <laughs> for my life in this back room. I'm
1: fighting for my life reading this book, and I'm also enjoying every single second of yes.
0: it. um, I think for me, too, getting into the swing of, like, the way that the book is written, because, um, again, it, it's different than... The last book I read in the way that it is, you know, it, it's just a different writing style between the two authors, but also it's a different like kind of book in general. Um, mm-hmm. I think that when we picked this book out, I didn't, I didn't realize how much pain it would be talking about and how much trauma <laughs> would be talking about, and a way I mean, spelled out, <laughs> but not in a bad way. Neither I did I. To deter we... <laughs> someone from picking this book up, like I'm, I'm joking, like ha ha ha, but. Um, yeah. For me, I wish I could go back, what, 10 days and be like, hey, Brendan, read this at Home on the Couch, where if you cry in front of Sophie, it's fine. But if mm-hmm. you cry at work.
1: It's also fine.
0: It's not fine. No, it's fine. <laughs> You're one of the managers who can't cry in front of your associates.
1: Why not? About a book. We're all humans. <laughs> yes, we but not about a book. <laughs> Why not? We're experiencing emotions. We live on this earth. We yeah. have humanity.
0: Yeah. That's also part of this book, too. If anyone
1: made fun of you for crying? I'm punching no, them. I've no, already but, punched them. i yeah. punched your whole staff.
0: Yeah. Well, that's also part of the book, too, is that they talk about, like, they wish that they could be able to do the yearly celebration of life for their, I think it was their grandmother that had passed away, or their aunt. Like, mm-hmm. I'm forgetting specifically their, who. Yeah, his but, aunt.
1: He talks about a lot. Having yeah, like a pretty yeah, his Wolverine together. aunt. Yeah.
0: Um, And... <laughs> uh. He he was saying, like, I really wish I could have done these celebrations of life, um, but I was always working and, like, you know, I was, I'm work to the bone. I'm constantly mm-hmm. working. And I, again, not something I want to experience while I'm at work as someone very eloquently, you know, pointing at me in the mirror going, do you feel that? Mm-hmm. Are you relating to this at all? You're working too much? No. Yeah um i know i told you that i wanted you to take control of the episode but i just needed to get that out of my body that's okay lightly possessed by this book
1: i mean mostly i just want to read like every quote that i circled and underlined because i haven't read a like personal essay collection in a while and Mm -hmm this is like particularly like, I like, I think I'm going to reread this book like a few times.
0: I I think it has been a long time since I've read uh, like a series of personal essays about someone's life in a way that um, I think the last time I read something like this was a book called Bettyville, uh, which is about um, this author who was, Working in New York at a magazine at like the peak of like the cocaine nineties like late eighties kind of new York time, if you will, mm-hmm. and how you know his life was like like television show crazy if you will, sure um, and how he moved back home to like get away from that but also to take care of his like dying mother um mm-hmm. and I think that was the last time I read something that had this kind of like volume of like, I would read a page and have to sit. And like, that's what I was reading.
1: I think this, I mean, I think it's just like the nature of like a memoir, but Mm -hmm. this does remind me a lot of not all boys are blue. Mm -hmm. That was also like an extremely personal, yeah, like kind of, and, um, book that was also broken up into these kind of like bits and pieces of mm-hmm. his life. So I don't, I mean, I think that like the thing about specifically this book that is really good is that it, the, all the essays are, I mean, they all like thematically obviously are autobiographical, but also mm-hmm. like talk about like pretty much everything at the end of the day pulls back into his like queerness and his um identity as like an indigenous person who lives in Canada mm-hmm. um and kind of that experience but at the same time it's like a collection of essays so you can read one and then kind of like process it and like think yeah. about it and go back and like look into stuff and then like pick up one of the, like the other essays later it's not necessarily like a linear
0: yeah story that's why I felt like it felt mm-hmm. like I was climbing up a ribbon because it was it 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 felt like I would get like a chunk of something over here and then like that had a, a tied fragment to like something going on over here and mm-hmm. um you know the the portion of the book where they talk about um video game like uh avatars being able to like make people feel yeah like they can defeat their anxiety and they like rely on it i forgot what they said it was called like video game the like the it's not disease oh my god not video game disease um video
1: game disease just just in
0: but it's like video game dysfunction or something like that um, i like, the
1: chapter i'm looking
0: yeah Fortnite is referenced. It's it's uh um, I love
1: that Fortnite is referenced. I love that the first Cloud
0: strife and
1: I don't know. So like the first couple of essays are like kind of these really intense stories about being like his experience being indigenous and like Mm -hmm. kind of like these really beautiful prose about like being tied to nature and like queerness and like Mm -hmm. really it's like extremely I don't know I like every single like again like almost every page I like little notes written down on because I was losing my mind Mm -hmm. but (laughs) I'm like absolutely obsessed with like just going through the first 50 pages of this book you're basically talking about like um indigenous trauma and queerness and like your body and just like all of that encompassing things. And then the next like essay is like so Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about Fortnite. Let's talk about Fortnite and gaming mm-hmm. and how Fire Emblem impacts like <laughs> my experiences as like a queer person existing on this earth like it was very I was like oh okay so like not that like it didn't feel modern like it but it is like kind of I guess like timeless more so it's like if you're just talking about your relationship with your like own self and nature and like that experience Mm -hmm. it's very like yeah that could be about anything really I mean that that could be any timeline and then like we are suddenly we're back in like the t- 2023 oh okay we're talking about video games let's go yeah
0: we're talking about Fortnite and when it disappeared <laughs> what it did to people mentally that were relying on it as like an escape mm-hmm. um which was i did not expect that to be brought up in my um in my in my book that i was currently reading right. um which was, I I think for me, very interesting. I, again, I got to that chapter and I was like, (laughs) what? Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, it, it did fit into the puzzle and it did, it was brought up later when talking about um, his uh, cousin kin. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, I think also around that time too, I just, I had two, like quotes that I wrote down because I was just like, okay, these are the ones that are speaking to me at this exact moment. Um, yeah. that pain grows like a garden and I'm unable to call it to make beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like if you were looking for someone to describe how pain operates, I feel like that is like such an interesting way to look at it. Um, yeah. because it feels very much like, um, like I see other people do this. They like make, you know, I, I guess you could say like lemonade out of lemons and I'm just like not able to do it. Mm-hmm. And it just like grows wild and I can't like, I can't function with it. Um it, it, I think a, I needed to read that myself, but also in general, I feel like that is such like a, I don't want to say a, a, such a succinct way to say that, but I think um the, the way that uh, the author describes it is just very interesting. And it's just like in a Mm -hmm. way that I was like, Oh shit. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I wasn't expecting that. Um, Also, I feel like I want to read Johnny Appleseed. um, If only because the way that the author describes the bear bottoming scene, Mm -hmm. just like so so casually. um, Mm -hmm. The one time in the book, I was like, Huh? Huh? He did what now? <laughs> but no, I I think I had a pretty good time. I would love to hear some of the quotes that you had um, highlighted. So if you many. want, to just I'm so sorry. Give me three.
1: No, hold on. I'm pick, I'm picking <laughs> some out, but
0: no. What
1: uh? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Um. What you were saying though about is like specifically about how he uses language. I think is like really important because like there's so many like. Parts of this book were like just small pieces of like, like the points he's trying to make, or just like little bit, not even like full sentences, but just like mm-hmm. the phrases that are used to like describe stuff or to like put forth a like a point are so like eloquent and just like mm-hmm. beautiful, but at the same time, he's like constantly going back and forth between using English and then also like pre language, not just even, like, translated to be, like, phonetic, but, like, actual, literal, like, the characters. So, oh, yeah, like, the there symbols. Was, like, mm-hmm. like, for the first chapter is, like, there, every once in a while, there is, like, a Cree word in there that I was, like, okay, let me see what this means. And it's a mm-hmm. lot of it is just kind of, like, personal pronouns, basically. Um, or I guess, like, personal nouns and stuff, just, like, more mm-hmm. endearing um, language. But later in the essays, he, like, talks a lot about how I don't know if he necessarily says this specifically but like the language that he uses he uses in a very specific way and he talks about how um it's just like there's so many words that are in Cree that are unexplainable in English like Mm -hmm. he he like tries to kind of describe them be like this sort of means this in like a literal sense this is the literal translation of this but Mm -hmm. you cannot in the English language describe the emotion and the impact that like this word actually puts forth when you use it in like Cree language which I think Mm -hmm. was like fascinating because I think that's like a really significant phenomenon that happens a lot in um Other languages there's like so many languages that are like there's no English word for the feeling that you get like when you're like waiting for something to happen and it's like the anticipation of that like something like that like
0: I honestly you're it's very true because that I remember distinctly obviously this is not the same when I was in Spanish class and my teacher like telling us about certain things Translations can be like quite literal and it's like, okay, water bottle. But like it, it there, the feeling of the thing doesn't always match. And it, it is very possible for things to be quite literally lost in translation because mm-hmm. it you're, you're kind of taking a block and putting it into a triangular hole. Yeah. And it's like, well, this is a, a square. It's not going to fit. You can jam it and make it fit and, you know, try to make the thing work and it might, but it you're losing some of the, you know, the, I guess that the natural appeal of it.
1: Yeah, I think there's like, oh, no. And I think that's a lot of it is like, we could translate this directly or even like, it mm-hmm. would still mean the same thing. But like the cultural, uh, like, context of like specific words, even just like the sounds that they make mm-hmm. have so much impact on them that like, it's not as like replaceable as in an English language. So I think it's like really beautiful how this kind of flows and there's like, you kind of get, it's, it's a little jarring at first to have like that language just put in there if you're not expecting it. Yeah. But I think it starts to flow really easily. So when you get further into the book itself, it kind of, is just kind of like a part of the text as you're reading it and you just kind of like experience the book. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like I, I feel like a, a pretentious person, but I like really was like, it's just the vibes. Like I'm feeling the <laughs> vibes of what he say and I'm not like addressing any of the context. Like this is great. Like I'm having a great time.
0: <laughs> well, I feel like that might be like part of it is just like you're enjoying it and feeling that you're feeling the feeling. I, I hate saying mm-hmm. you're feeling the feeling, but I can imagine that like that's p- part of it is like like you you can try to dissect it, but like you need to be feeling the feeling for it to be communicated to you properly.
1: Yeah, like so one of the 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 part where he's like kind of talking about how there are like no actual ways to like translate certain feelings mm-hmm. or like you directly translate certain words. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm going to butcher this. I'm this, I I do not speak this language and I do do not have the, the, the skill or the uh, trained. Ta- I don't know. You don't have the skill to make most of these sounds, I think. Um, but there's like a part where he's talking about that. And. For my understanding, and it has a very limited understanding, a lot of indigenous language is like very specific about pronunciation and, um, enunciation on specific syllables and like the literally the sounds and like the way you're breathing while you're making these sounds. So, like, this is not at all an accurate representation of that. And I apologize mm-hmm. to everyone, but, um, he's like talking about where the language exists within his body. And it just Mm -hmm. says English is cerebral and Nihauan is kinetic. And that is... That really felt like something to me. And then a little bit later, the English translation is similar, except here the words branch into opportunities, other meanings, leaking semantically. I have let myself go churns into, I have let myself scatter. I have let myself mix. I have let myself tangle while also implying ownership over one's entanglement. In addition, yeah, opens up conceptions of time beautifully meaning beforehand and after time and also pluralizes me who is being let go and that's like him trying to explain that the direct translation of this crew word that literally means I have let go of myself is significantly more like it just means a lot more like in the actual language itself. It is mm-hmm. not just like kind of the flat English that
0: it just yeah. translated to. Anyway. <laughs> I feel like you had a good, I feel like you enjoyed yourself while you were reading this book. I
1: loved it. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not joking. I'm going to reread it because it just like, it was like kind of jarring at first. Like you were mm-hmm. saying, like where the first like initial like pages were kind of like, I was like, okay, I need to just kind of like, not think about it, like mm-hmm. that doesn't, it feels counterintuitive because it is a very like intellectual book, seemingly. This is like very succinct way of getting somewhere, even though you don't feel like you're going anywhere for the first part of the sentence. Yeah. Like it's, you're just kind of along for the ride and then you get there and you're like, okay, hold
0: on. I have to sit and
1: think about the this ribbon.
0: I've just... <laughs> You never you know had, when you're wrapping yeah. a present, and you're not sure. You're like, I know I'm about to hit the end of this ribbon, but I'm just like not sure when. And it yeah. just keeps going, and you're like, How is this yeah. possible? Yeah. But then, like a way that you're like excited about it, and then you Pretty hit the good. end, and you're like, Damn it!
1: <laughs> oh my
0: god! It's this book.
1: It's this book.
0: Um, I think also, um, I, so <laughs> for me, um, mm-hmm. I think that one of the reasons I like my brain turned off I was like wait they're in Canada I don't know why when I first picked up I completely forgot um the places that the author mentions I'm like is that Canada or is that northern America like northern states of America and I was like wait no that's absolutely Canada
1: No, we're, we're straight up in Canada, girl.
0: Um, also, I feel like the first chapter, you know in a TV show when a character is mm-hmm. like, I don't want to say spiraling, but like, mm-hmm. they're a little drunk, something just happened, they're experiencing something, and it's like, you're there with them. It's like, they they mm-hmm. they show you everything. It's not like one of those, like, they wake up the next day and it's like, oh my god, last night was wild. Like, I experienced mm-hmm. this thing. It's like you're sitting there the whole time with them, and it's one of those, like, long-form episodes. And I felt like for me, like reading that, I had to picture like something happened before the first chapter for the first mm. chapter to have started. And it's not necessarily explained immediately, but I know that um, there's like a breakup that happens. So I'm assuming mm. that took place before the first chapter.
1: I mean, I don't know if anything is literary in this. I think it's just like thoughts. Yeah. But yeah,
0: I had to imagine something for my brain to go. Oh, yeah, this is why this is. Happening. But that's just <laughs> because, like I, I last time I had. Yeah, exactly. Previously on I had to do that for me so I could understand what was going on because I felt like I missed something. Mm-hmm. Like there is information that I just like wasn't uh, keen to, if you will. But I don't mean that mm-hmm. in like a negative fashion. I just mean like we we get there and I'm like, wait, what happened? Uh uh-huh who did the baby who hurt you
1: (laughs) so many people
0: yeah (laughs) truly i think there was a part where i forgot to write down the page but he was talking about how whiteness is a is something that he's had to like fight with his whole life um Mm -hmm. like i think he called refers to it as like sweetness um Mm -hmm. and that the person he's talking to mm -hmm. it's like too sugary to stand
1: yeah.
0: Um, and I know it's 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 written in a, much, a far better way than I'm verbalizing it right now. But the person he's talking to is like, oh, thanks. And it's like, no, honey, I don't mean it like, oh, you're so sweet. It's like, no, you're so, it's like so saccharine, it's difficult to deal with. And I've been yeah. dealing with it my whole life. And my innards have been dealing with it my whole life. Mm. And my whole body has been dealing with this sugary garbage my whole life. And it, mm-hmm. I think that was, like, a very different way of looking at, um, especially in the in the situation that we haven't read a book like this where we see um, an Indigenous person talking about their experiences in relation to white people and how they're treated, um, especially yeah. within the queer community, and how, like, even that phrasing, like, the queer community as opposed to, um, like, that phrasing has not bastardized, but it has evolved from the two spirit community um Mm -hmm. it it was just like i (laughs) i i was peeling back layers of an uh, not an onion but like layers of like something better than an onion something that i really wanted to get to the center of it it just felt like i was peeling back and understanding like so much more out of my own experience like what it's like because obviously my experience is my experience your experience is yours and mm-hmm. by hearing people talk about their experiences or reading something like this, we we glean more information. But I think we we haven't read anything like this on the podcast. I don't know if you've read anything like this before in general, but I felt like it was my first like interaction with like this kind of storytelling and this kind of story. Um, mm-hmm. And especially like <laughs> someone describing how storytelling is like chewing up like memories until there's nothing left Mm -hmm. um which it i don't know how i like i'm i i feel so stupid right now because i can't verbalize how beautifully written this book is Mm -hmm. in a way that doesn't make me sound like the dumbest person i've ever met
1: (laughs) i just really like the words that he gives i love the
0: words no and like i this person is a college professor yeah, I think they're like an adjunct something. It says at the back of the book. Um,
1: Assistant professor.
0: Assistant.
1: Who's above them? Uh probably some old bastard who won't quit.
0: Yeah, that's true. And who
1: has ten? Or maybe
0: someone that they really love. Who knows? Um, who's Who's to say? Who's to say? Not me. Um, but my thing is, this sounds like I just found the like God molecule. My you found brain the God doesn't. Molecule? like my brain doesn't understand how to digest it in a way that I fully understand what I just read upon first reading. Mm
1: -hmm. And I
0: think this is the first time that I'm going to have to like reread a book like more than once Mm -hmm. to like grasp at the different threads to tie it to make into the quilt that I'm looking at.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I want to read more of his writing. I definitely want to read Johnny Appleseed as kind of like, A look into this, but I think that, like, yeah, I think you're right. Like, we haven't really read anything.
0: Anything, period.
1: We've never read anything. (laughs) We've never read. Oh, I found the thing you were talking about. Um,
0: Oh, the video game disease?
1: No, no, the whiteness stuff.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I was talking
0: about that in the right context, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: I think. (laughs) What were you saying?
0: That. Whiteness is something that he's had to, like, digest and deal with his whole life, and it's exhausting.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. So he is at the orthodontist. Um,
0: I forgot what context it was in. Uh, (laughs) Of course, it's the the, fucking orthodontist. (laughs)
1: When my orthodontist tells me I need a root canal and I ask why, he tells me there's an infection in the pulp. I laugh and say, I've been chewing on sovereignty for 30 years. He doesn't get it. There we Sugar, go. I say. Whiteness is sweet. He smiles thinking of complimentation, but the pus is the real culprit because the acids have eaten at it. See, I too leak in the bone. Extract the tooth, I tell him, but I'm but keeping the crown. let me keep the crown.
0: That's how, <laughs> how I lay keep- claim. Yeah. Mm, I literally i of course now that you start reading i'm like yes and he takes the crown um i forgot that he was at the orthodontist like again a fucking course
1: i mean it makes sense yeah but yeah no i that's like also part of uh the like what he's talking about because um with language because there is kind of like a port, like the the few paragraphs before that is Mm -hmm. just about like how specific crew words translate and what they mean. And like literally like the roots of things. And then he starts talking about his root canal. It's very clever play on words.
0: If I were to suggest any of the like autobiographical things that we've read in the past, um, this Mm -hmm. is currently at the top of the list. Where where I think it belongs,
1: whatever book you're reading, stop, stop. put it down, and pick this one up because it's, whatever
0: book you're reading, I like cannot throw it out.
1: describe the way in which like the what he talks about is it's just so good. Hold on, I'm trying to find another quote that I pulled. No, I have like two more that I like really want to talk about.
0: It's the whole book. I'm just reading the whole Sophie. Book too no, today. <laughs> no, the to? author needs the author needs to what if do I that. read it to you. <laughs> if I come up going to be famous. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I okay, but I do really really want to talk about the like way that uh Joshua describes like queerness because it makes like a pretty a lot of times when people talk about like queerness and specifically like gender fluid, non-binary people Mm -hmm. in the Western American sense. The argument that is always brought forth by like people who are trying to science their way into making uh, bigots understand that humans are um, intelligent, sick, like individual creatures who have their own lives and thoughts and experiences. They're always like, well, there's native cultures that have two spirit people, which are like non-binary people. And it's so therefore it's justified that you want to wear a little dress because it's been like <laughs> you know dress? what you know what I mean. No, know. I do.
0: I Full do. offense.
1: I'm so sorry. But like the people who <laughs> who feel the need to use hair entire...
0: dress. <laughs> no, is... literally. No, yeah. literally
1: though it's Mm -hmm. like infuriating but I think that the way that he uses language is so specific and intentional with every single word used and he does make a really strong point to like about how two-spirit people is such a significant part of indigenous culture and is not tied to like the western conception of non-binaryness or just queerness or anything it's like a fully separate thing that is just like not something that can be directly related to whiteness in any significant Mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Um, And uh, like, there's a point in the book where he's talking about how um, like some, uh, he was getting an award for um, Johnny Appleseed, maybe Mm -hmm. or some other writings and was nominated in the category of like trans authors and made like a pretty strong point to be like, I'm not trans, I'm two spirit, and these are significantly different things and they like shouldn't be attributed to each other. Yeah. So I think that's not that, the same thing. Exactly. Um, yeah. But I'm going to read another little. Hold on. Yeah. This is just my brain um, fell out of my ears when I read this part. I'm going to try to pronounce these words.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's hard for me. I'm from New Jersey.
0: Um, From New Jersey.
1: Stop. Hold on. (laughs) Uh, I have waged combat with myself over why I call myself two-spirit instead of gay or queer. I've had conversations with myself about what it means to paint myself ceremonially as femme. I do not call myself two-spirit to signify a romantic idealization of queer Ingenuity. I do not, oh my God. In, it's indigenous, but it's in, in, indigenity, indigenity. Okay. <laughs> I do not call myself 2 spirit to signify a romantic idealization of queer indigenity. I do it because I, and by extension, this name I call myself, come from the red silk of the Red River. I do not perform femininity in order to quantify my queerness. I do it because there are days when I feel more feminine than masculine. My feminist has always been more aggressive within me and a tool I have often relied upon when navigating the corridors of institutions. I'm obsessed.
0: Yeah. That's what I was saying before. Like the, the way that the, even like certain phrases, like instead of queer, like queer, for instance, he mentions in the book, he didn't, use the phrase bastardizing but it's just like that comes from the idea of two spirit so it's it's like how he has to like constantly have this conversation with himself it's like well why do I do this instead of this or it's like I should hmm. be doing this instead of this and like that is just not to say it's a rip off but like that's just a rip off of this word and it it's like it felt to me like he was saying it was like bastardizing like, this kind of thing that has existed. Does
1: that make sense? Yeah, no, but I don't (laughs) agree with you. I think that it's, like, two separate... It's, like, queerness and, and like, transness and two-spirit can somewhat be, like, talked about within the same conversation, but I don't think that they are from the same... Origin Or, like, from the same kind of part of the world. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say that. Um, and I think that that's kind of, like, a significant, I mean, that's, like, the entire kind of thesis of, like, inclusivity when it comes to queerness is like you Mm -hmm. can be a queer person you can be a trans person Mm -hmm. but if you are a white trans person or a white queer person then you are having significantly different experiences than a black trans person or an indigenous trans person Mm -hmm. and I don't think that they can be like equally balanced at all it just like you can't have Inter-intersectionality. But, like, that's, like, a huge thing that, like, people talk about in the queer community because it's, mm-hmm. like, we're no longer at a point where we're, like, individually fighting for just, like, the existence of queer people because, yes, obviously, things are we're still struggling and um, it's getting a lot worse in some places. But for the most part, if you are a... <laughs> no, if you are a, like... Masculine, straight, mas- straight, straight gay man. If you're, <laughs> if
0: you're a, a straight gay man.
1: A masculine, well. cis, gay man who has like an idealized body type and you do not have any like outward affectations or anything in your like how you express yourself. That would to a person who is looking for those kind of signals would like see you as queer. You can like subversively move through the world and it's really easy for you. hmm. Then there, and then you start to like branch out and you start to have like the people who are like more feminine, more masculine, just like mm-hmm. anything like that. And it just becomes I don't know what the point I was trying to make was, but I think like,
0: but you're wrong, Brendan.
1: <laughs> no, but I think, no, I think I what know. you're, I think what you were trying to say is right, but I think putting two spirit, the two spirit, two-spiritedness and like transness within the same kind of like bubble as each other I think is what is like inaccurate because I don't think that it is like the same experience yeah I think it's like it, I think it's but it it has often been used as kind of like shorthand for like and we're also talking about the native people who still live here
0: yes Yeah. well I was talking in reference to like what uh, the way that the the author like verbalized it to me, it felt like they were having like a constant battle of like, should I be doing this or should I be doing this? Right. Should I use the word queer or should I use this word? Or like, where does this word come up from? Like, is it the same thing? Um, Okay. I just hadn't thought of at that point. Does that make sense? What I said?
1: Yeah, no, I think it, no, that makes more sense. Okay, yeah. I take back my... European oh, no, no,
0: no, You. this is a good <laughs> conversation.
1: I, I I feel, I would I have the caveat... Next week
0: be sucker punches Brendan in the stop throat.
1: Stop, the caveat of the, we're both white people and we were talking yeah. about this with limited knowledge and experience. So, um, but I think that, this kind of book is like really significant because it can open those kinds of conversations into places mm-hmm. and have people have like those kinds of realizations that they might not have had Yeah, before reading that kind of stuff.
0: Because this is not Like a resource that I, I truly, again, I thought this took place in the States and then I started reading about it. And I can imagine that someone's experience in Canada is different than someone's experience that's in the States, especially yeah. depending on which state you're in. Um, right. Exactly but um i think a lot of what goes on in this book is i think very universal and the way that yes. it's spoken about um no yeah especially if you are considered to be a quote unquote other so someone that isn't um literally everything you described so right. a super straight my i mean super straight on the dl kind of guy who's just like a muscle dude bro that like right. if you gaze upon him you're, uh, I don't believe in gaydar, but it wouldn't go off.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. That's, no, that's yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, as soon as you add like any element, that's mm-hmm. like, a can be a universal experience to that. Like either it be like fatness or queerness or, um, and like blackness or just like anything like that. Then you start to,
0: the souffle no longer works in, in the yeah, order yeah, yeah, yeah. that it's supposed to. <laughs>
1: Suddenly, suddenly there's a barrier that is blocking you from certain aspects that are easily affordable to other people in the world. Like living and breathing. But I think, no, I think what you're saying is true is that like the whole book, it feels very universal. Like you can pull your, see your own experiences in like the text. Mm -hmm. And then there's these like little pockets of like kind of looking into this very specific perspective that like he writes about so eloquently.
0: Yeah. Yeah i would also be so i think we brought this up a a little bit ago you brought this book up all boys aren't blue um Mm -hmm. i believe that was made into a movie of some sort i can't remember like how no um like big of a like release it was um but i do remember that author like showing like behind the scenes like here's me in the movie theater like we're so we made it we you know i'm watching it uh-huh. I would just be some of the things in this. I would just like, I can close my eyes and see it, especially when he's talking about like walking through the fields at night and he see, he like looks over and he sees like someone waving to him. It's just like, I, I, I can close my eyes and distinctly see it. And I would, I, some of the things I would just love to like not have to close my eyes to see it. Does it make sense? <laughs> like, I would like, yeah. I would love to see someone's interpretation of like, the scenes where he's having, like, conversations with someone who isn't necessarily physically in front of him.
1: Yeah. I would love to. Yeah, I think that's why I want to read Johnny Appleseed is because I want to see the mm-hmm. way that he writes specifically because it's so,
0: like. going to be different.
1: It's, yeah, but, like, I yeah. can't imagine that the writing would be, like, significantly different. I mean, it's, like, mm-hmm. beautifully, like, as you were saying, like, you can really visualize the stuff he's describing because it's so well done and, like, just feels, like, visceral on the page that I think, like, of reading a fictional book from this author mm-hmm. would kind of, I don't know, that would be, like, kind of amazing to see yeah. as a film, maybe. If it was translated, well, you got to get a good director.
0: hmm um, I. I think there's so much more that we could talk about with this book that I that we could go on for hours. Um, I
1: will continue to talk.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm not going to stop.
1: Um, I'm not done talking.
0: I'm hold on. <laughs> funny how you want to end the episode, Brendan. Um, oh, well,
1: <laughs> the
0: fuck. Um, but no, I, I, I truly think that um, this would be a very interesting book for someone to read. Um especially if they're looking for a different, you know, voice. Um, the, I think mm-hmm. out of the the books that we've read, this one falls into its own can, kind of category um, yeah. just based on who wrote it, the way it's written. Um, it's like less straightforward than let's say just again, all boys aren't blue. And the way that that is also like biographical. Um, right. And even <sighs> brave face, I think is the other one we read. Um, mm-hmm. Or even Bettyville. So, like those, mm-hmm. those are all technically books in the same like genre, um, and uh, w- in which they're biographical. Um, but they all feel very different. And this one, I none of the other ones, I had to like sit and go, okay, I'm gonna, I need to read this again because my, <laughs> my, my brain needs to digest it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, none of the other books did that for me. In a way that I, well, was I think like, this is the first collection of essays that we've read, also. Yeah. Um. That weren't all by different <laughs> authors.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We've definitely, yeah, we've read collections of essays that are like individual authors and mm-hmm. or just like short fiction and stuff. But like, yeah. yeah, this is, I think, the first of that kind that we've read. So it definitely has. It it's like that de- it's definitely like a different reading experience because you're kind mm. of trained to be like, okay, next chapter, we're continuing the thought, and it's never yeah. that. It's like an entirely new thesis that you're going off of. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I had an, an interesting time reading this. Um and I, that sounds bad. And I, I had like it was enjoyable. It was just it made me think a lot um more about like many different subjects and the way that they're just like the way that I um, digest them. And yeah. um, again, it made me, you know, uh, you know, I, I always refer to relationships as gardens. I have never considered thinking about pain or grief as a garden. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And we've all seen the, like, let's say like great gardens. Like we've all seen like, a house that's dilapidated, overgrown garden. I've never thought of an emotional state as that way, um, mm. like negatively. But I do mm-hmm. refer to relationships as gardens that, if you don't water and tend to, they you, they they die. Mm-hmm. I've never thought of like emotional trauma in a way that like this book presented to me. Like, hello, plant, gay. Um, mm-hmm. I, I hadn't thought of it that way and it made me examine grief slash pain in a different way. Um, mm. I hate that. That's the one thing that spoke to me about this book. It's just, you ordered some pain. Yes. <laughs> but also the book is like, there's funny parts in it too. That's just like, I, I, I can't. Like speak enough, like in a well enough manner, um, that I read and I was like, huh, nice, um, especially like <laughs> when they, like when they, out of nowhere he was like, so video games, I, like I did, yeah,
1: like I it. love that, I love in that in a way that like
0: it's not, it, I mean, it's probably meant to be funny, but also like not at the same time because what it relates to eventually, mm-hmm. but it was just like funny that like this very serious book was like, now here's a message from our sponsors, yeah. You've tried pain and grief, but have you tried masking your anxiety by playing a video game called Fortnite?
1: Yeah. Well, I haven't haven't? because I don't play Fortnite. But they did have Bulma, so I'll think about it.
0: Well, they also had Ariana Grande in the sky singing songs. So, I mean... I'm good. Yeah.
1: No, but, like, this book is phenomenal. It's, like, the text is, like, electric. Every sentence is, like, all of your trauma... It's every, every paragraph is like experiencing trauma, processing trauma, and then like overcoming trauma and feeling Mm -hmm. triumphant
0: afterwards. I feel like I was walking through therapy with children in nature. Exactly. No, no.
1: Like I want (laughs) to emphasize that there's like a significant portion of the book that is like kind of hard to read, especially if you have shared experiences with like what he's talking about in terms of, Like queerness, fatness, and just like living in the world, Mm -hmm. but it's like so cathartic to read because like the way that everything is just like processed through like Mm -hmm. this beautiful imagery and stuff. It's just I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm gonna keep rambling about how much I like it. (laughs) And that's
0: why I'm here to say my name is Brendan Patrick. That's Sophie, (laughs) and you've been listening to the Superloop podcast. We were talking about what book, Sophie?
1: We're talking about making love with the land, and actually, I have a few more points I'd like to make. No. So, Who is if you it could by? just sit with Who me for the by? next three hours, we we'll talk it about by? Joshua Whitehead's Making Love with the Land, and I really could just uh-huh. pull a few more quotes in so, here. So, if everyone so... could just <laughs> hold on, I'll find the page. <laughs> no. Hold on, I'll find the page. No,
0: read the full book.
1: <laughs> okay. It's, uh, go on our Patreon where I'm reading the full book and sobbing into the microphone. No,
0: ASMR.
1: Ah, I just opened to a page and I have underlined my existence has and always will be a radical act of political livelihood.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Did you have I'm that obsessed. ear? Uh, dog eared? I did. I knew it. Um, but no, s- seriously, go out and get this book. The book we've been talking about is Making Love with the Land by Joshua Whitehead. And um, this has been the Super Lit Podcast. My name is Brandon Patrick. That's Sophie Green. I'm going to talk to you next time.
1: I really just have like a few- No, hit the outro
0: music.